The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House podcast. Today, I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Lee Dortridge Wharton. Lee is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Oakbridge Insurance. And it's a pleasure to have Lee join me on the line from Raleigh, North Carolina this morning. Welcome to the show, Lee. Oh, thank you so much, Nick. I am just absolutely thrilled to be here with you. I've enjoyed our conversations as of late and so looking forward to this one today. Thank you very much, Lee. Yeah, very much looking forward to hearing more about Oakbridge. I know there's a really exciting story there. And also, you've got a very interesting personal career and background, which looking forward to share of our listeners. Before we get into that, though, we do know at the start of the show, as we are in the insurance coffee house today, what's your go-to coffee of choice this morning? It's a little chillier today in North Carolina, so I went with a latte. It's just a full-strength latte. We're rounding out the end of the year, and as us HR professionals know, yeah. fourth quarter is pretty tough. So here, I'm on my second latte this morning. Oh, very nice. Lee, for our listeners then, a little bit more about your personal career journey and what's brought you into the role there as the Chief Human Resources Officer at Oakbridge Insurance. Absolutely. Like a lot of us who find ourselves leading human resources or people strategy or whatever the nomenclature might be of the week, we find ourselves in these roles Oftentimes, it's not necessarily something we chose as a student in college. I found myself in this role by chance, and I'm very, very excited about it. I started my career right after college in a small company and then moved to a larger organization in the Northeast. I moved into the advertising space, leading HR for an agency in Boston, pre-9-11, and the great heyday of the dot-com boom. And you're up in Boston. You're going through that dot-com boom. Listeners probably guess what perhaps happened next, but I'll let you continue the story. Absolutely. So, you know, oftentimes when there's a boom, there's a bust. We had the unfortunate 9-11 that happened to our country and our world, uh, which was a very difficult time for everyone. And the advertising agency that I was a part of uh, went through the dot-com bust. And at the same time, one of the major clients that we had, household name that all would know on this call, filed bankruptcy and we got left holding quite a bag of media that was difficult. So I laid off a lot of people and myself as well. And then quickly pulled up my bootstraps and turned around and found myself in a wonderful organization in New York, a global company in the advertising space and led HR there. And that was a really interesting time in New York right after 9-11 and you know just an interesting time in the world in general 
shortly thereafter, I was recruited to another advertising agency back in North Carolina who knew that there was a top, fantastic agency in Durham, North Carolina, that was a global agency. And so through that, I was there 14 years and grew with that agency. We were independent. Then we were a part of a large uh, global network bought ourselves back, went independent again, went back into another global network. So a lot of ebbs and flows and, you know, a lot of transformational change throughout that time. I think that looking back was difficult at times. It was some of the best experience and learning and growth for an HR professional. 14 years. And during that time, I became a parent And those two things don't necessarily go together, being a parent and being the top HR person in a rapidly growing advertising agency. I traveled quite a bit and it it just became apparent that I needed to move into a different space. And so I did. And I moved to a publicly traded real estate investment trust and led HR in that space for many years. And then uh, COVID hit and the office industry took a hit. And I also at that time decided, wow, it's time for me to move to a space that is a little bit more stable and was introduced to my current CEO through a mutual friend and got introduced to what's going on in the exciting world of Oak Ridge. And so that's how I got where I am today. Such a great story. And I think for our listeners, we've interviewed HR executives who have been in insurance firms throughout their career. And I'd say they've probably gone through a lot of those times, you know, the dot-com bust, post 9-11, the financial crisis, and that's affected them in different ways. I'd say some insurance businesses, you know, very steady companies have had a fairly sort of smooth trajectory during those times. But obviously areas like advertising and real estate investment that's sort of real hyper growth businesses but they have pretty steep downsides as well so i'm sure as a hr leader that's given you a lot of great experience that you can draw upon in your role now how are you finding the world of insurance since you've started this position at oakbridge i know it's a bit of a different type of business to your standard insurance agency to your standard insurance brokerage how have you found that transition? So the transition, Nick, has been one that I've really enjoyed. Those of us who are in the HR world and those listening today probably will agree with me that people are people. You've got different types of business models. One might be financial services, another might be retail, another might be manufacturing. But overall, the concepts and the principles of organizational behavior and design and talent management, those are transferable from one to another. Um, There are some tweaks that need to be made based on the industry that you're in and some of the, the issues that you may be facing. I've really, really enjoyed it learning uh, all about insurance risk management, brokerage, and, you know, work with a great leadership team that has helped me learn as well as learned from me and a lot of the the talent skills that I bring to the table. Oakbridge is an extraordinary company. Oakbridge, for those who don't know, is private equity backed. We're on our second round of private equity. 
We hit the ground running on January 1 of 2021 with around 100 employees. And today, our growth, we're ranked 55th among U.S. insurance brokerages. And we have 485 plus insurance professionals. And since inception, we have now 32 partner agencies that we've acquired. Like we said, very different to a lot of traditional insurance businesses and traditional agencies at 5x growth in terms of headcount in two years is quite phenomenal. What's been the strategy around that? What's led to that growth? You mentioned there about acquisition. Has that been the key player for you there in terms of that growth? Absolutely. So Oak Ridge's business model is acquisition. Of course, any brokerage is looking for organic growth. And we have had exponential organic growth year over year. But if you look at our headcount and you trace back where that growth is from, it is acquisition. And, you know, that is our shareholders know that that is how we're going to grow. And so we are constantly out there in the market looking for partner agencies that share the same cultural values that we do at Oak Bridge. We've got a very robust M&A team, and that is what they do day in and day out. So it has been just very busy. I think sometimes people think when they move into an insurance firm, things are going to slow down slightly particularly if they're used to a fast-paced industry like advertising or real estate investment. And it's obviously not been the case there. You're quite heavily involved in those M&A transactions. I know you're doing a lot of transactions there. So from a people, from a culture perspective, from identifying what talent they've got, succession, making sure that those acquisitions integrate well into the business, is that something that you're a key role in? Absolutely. Uh, I partner with the M&A team once they have identified Mm. the prospect and they've moved it on Mm. through the funnel and we Mm. get to the point where we start having the talent conversations. Um, I integrate with the leaders, the owners of those acquisition targets and talk about the talent because honestly, we all know that without the talent, what are we? the brokerage world. So we need to preserve that talent. And, you know, it's all about value creation. And so making sure that we've got that triangle of strategy, capital and people and focusing on the people part. What's most important to us at Oakbridge is making sure that we are incorporating that new partner agency into the Oakbridge business model and preserving that talent and making sure that we can make that change management journey, if you will, as easy as possible. Because in a lot of cases, these partner agencies are very excited mm-hmm. becoming a part of Oakbridge. But as we all know as humans, any kind of change is difficult. And really focusing on that change is really important. And making sure that, you know, after 90 days, 180 days, a year, that they still are excited to be a part of Oak Bridge and still see Oak Bridge as a new kind of insurance and risk management mm-hmm. operation. Really, the driving force is the mission to better serve the communities that we're in and transforming and elevating the way that business is done in the insurance industry, really focusing on best in class. So mm-hmm. I'm very, very involved. My team is very involved from the beginning. Fantastic. And 
You talk about change there. So for an agency who being acquired and emerging with the organization, they're joining a larger organization that has changed. There's great opportunity. For you, the change has been slightly different. Obviously, being at slightly larger businesses and building essentially from the ground up, you know, each half. I know that's something that you want to touch on a little bit further today, because a lot of our listeners, obviously, in HR, HR executives might be considering moving to a startup or a, you know, a private equity backed firm, very high growth firm. What's your experience been like so far, Lee? I don't think anyone can ever truly be 100% prepared for a new venture. You know, you can do everything you can to try and get ready and prepare. But the reason we have plans is so that really we've got some guardrails for when things change. I think one of the things that's most important to keep in mind is that when you move into a private equity-backed startup, you've got to be prepared for a rapidly changing environment and really be comfortable with ambiguity, being flexible, adaptable, open-minded. The more of those skills, the more I am that way, the more effective and successful that I can be, Mm -hmm. which means that really the ultimate goal of our people Mm -hmm. being successful um, is met. When I've had, I've talked to other HR professionals who are seeking advice on, should I do this or should I not do that, join a startup? I always say, you know, do you feel like you have the hard HR skills and competencies, you know, in your toolkit that you can bring out and you know, because you've got to be agile, you've got to be growth focused, and you've got to be willing to have a smaller team or even a department of one. It's imperative for somebody like me to have a broader HR knowledge and HR skills so that I can get things done across the board. I've got to be realistic about Mm -hmm. leveraging my strengths. I don't want to say the number of years that I've been doing this, I'll, I'll age myself, but I've been doing it long enough that there are certain things that I hadn't done in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. But knowing that I need to make sure that um, I've got those top skills and competencies mm. in my back pocket, really, really important. And being able to be incredibly patient. Patience is such a virtue when working in a high growth organization like this, a startup. What do you mean about that, Lee? You'd think working in a fast paced, high growth environment that everything is a rush, it's all manic. What do you mean there about having patience? So having patience as an example, it would really be beneficial for me with one of my groups to go through a talent management exercise using the nine box. Well, this group is not ready for that. They're where they are on the talent maturity scale. They're not Mm -hmm. ready yet. I really want to do that with them, but I need to move them along. So that's what I mean with patience, because you've got in the organization that I'm in, I talked about earlier, I think, you know, the number of partner agencies that we brought together Well, those partner agencies are all in different phases of talent maturity. So you just have to be patient and figure out where they are on the continuum Mm -hmm. and bring them along. It's not like if I was going into, call it XYZ, publicly traded company that already has all these things in place. I'm building and doing and teaching all at the same time. That's such a great point. And I think especially firms like you on that acquisition trail, 
as well is that there's such a variety of businesses business owners that you're going to be working with and like you say they're not necessarily coming into a huge hr function so that ability to be agile but yeah i really see that point about being patient and building solid foundation rather than you know i'm sure you can see ahead to where you want things to be and you know you probably want to get there very quickly but you've got to do that in steps and bring people along with you absolutely and you know oak ridge is just such a a wonderful organization with very like-minded individuals that all believe all about creating a best-in-class producer-centric, employee-centric yeah. brokerage built on the, the that foundation of those meaningful client relationships yeah. that are why we partnered with the agencies that we've partnered with. And so having that team of like-minded folks is really, really important as we explore all the opportunities that are out there. In terms of your own personal journey, like we talked about moving from a larger organization and then building things from the ground up, is it important to, you talk about looking at your skills and experience, making sure the tools are sharp and that you can be agile, but what about external resources? Is it important to have external resources support in some of those areas which yeah you may not have worked on that particular area for a considerable period of time but knowing people who can help you with that it is incredibly important Mm. i am a firm believer in peer support in support from other organizations that maybe are even outside of the industry that you're in people like you just Mm. having conversations with people like you on, hey, what's going on in the industry? What are you hearing? Just making sure that I'm learning and growing all the time. I just had a call yesterday with our new private equity partners, and they have an amazing human capital practice that they have peer sessions once a month with all of the portfolio uh, talent leaders. And I was able to participate in that session day before yesterday. And I was so energized and excited Mm. to be, you know, on a call with like-minded folks, all in different levels of challenges and being able to share some of my successes and things that work for me and also learning from them. And conversely, having that support from our private equity partner and those resources available from a larger organization. I also leverage, you know, probably the same thing that everybody else listening to this call today, the resources that are out there from industry supports and white papers and, you know, best in class roadmaps. Podcast. 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 Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I have, I spent um, many hours after being introduced to you and as a resource when I first started at Bridge listening to your podcast. I think that peer-to-peer learning is absolutely invaluable. It's obviously something that we as a business, we're part of a active search mastermind group. It's a global business and we're working with peers in other industries who are building executive search practices like we are. Really see the value of it because rather than it being taught top down, it's about what are you experiencing? What are we experiencing? What's working well for you? What challenges are we having? And learning and growing together. And I I think it's so valuable. And I think you learn way more than if it's just presented to you top down. I think as part of that private equity portfolio, you're more closely tied together as well. So I think that's great. 
Lee, it brings us nicely on to the espresso round as the questions are short, sharp and to the point. I've got my espresso. You've got your latte. You ready for the espresso round? I'm ready. The espresso round. Lee, what would your one recommendation be to a senior leader or executive coming in to interview there at Oak Bridge? It would be to bring your authentic self to the interview and to be prepared with your questions about Oakbridge and the organization and really make sure that you're looking for the fit. And because the fit is so absolutely important, we're going to talk to you about fit and skills and abilities and make sure that we are uh, identifying best in class. But you know, bring your authentic self and look for the fit. That's really most important, in my opinion. Fit is absolutely key. And I think for both sides, when you're looking at companies hiring, but also candidates exploring opportunities, I think you get the best fit when the business has got lots of options in terms of talent that it can recruit and bring into the firm. But also when that candidate has got options as well, both sides can be choosy, both sides can be on a level playing field and find that good fit. I always think it's a challenge when there's a candidate who might be in roles and is really sort of desperate to land something and might say things to try and get that role. And likewise with clients, customers, if they don't have a stream of candidates coming through and they need to get somebody in, you end up compromising. And I don't think that's ever good in the long run. I cannot agree more. Really key. In terms of your peer group, the HR executives out there, what would you say is the best advice for hiring great talent? For my peer group, again, look for the authentic candidate. Read between the lines when you're looking at a resume or being presented a candidate from uh, a top-level executive search. Make sure that you understand what your organization's value proposition is and make sure that there is a fit because just like your previous question, if the fit isn't there, then neither party is going to be successful. And so there's several ways to determine that fit. And we as leaders in the talent space, you know, there's several tools out there that we all use, but really being true to what your employee value proposition is, what your company is all about, and making sure that you are really learning as much as you can about that candidate and having those authentic conversations. Again, and that feeds back to having the number of quality candidates available so you can dig deep, you can have a number of interviews, you can really probe and ask those questions and also, you know, take the opportunity to take people outside of the office, you know, take them for lunch, take them out for dinner in the evening and learn more about them and see how they interact more socially and more informally. So, so key. What's the most important thing to you when selecting an external partner? For recruitment so whether that be a recruitment agency or a search firm what's the most important thing there again going back to i don't really want to share how many years i've been doing this but in working with many many different external search partners in different industries over the years it's very clear those who are in it just to put a warm body in a seat and earn a fee and those who are actually your partner Those who are your partner are ones that will listen. They want to understand the organization. They want to understand the value proposition behind it. And they are going to only present the right candidates that are a fit. 
that is incredibly important. And having been in the talent space as long as I have, you can tell. You can tell the difference between a partner who is truly a partner and someone who really just wants to pass along a candidate to have a fee. Very, very important. Final question of the espresso round. And this is not a short question, so I don't know why we wrote this as a short question. What's the one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone in their career should learn at some point in their life? When you're putting together your strategic plan, you're trying to figure things, what's your plan for the year? What's your roadmap? Cut it in half. Be realistic (laughs) about what can be accomplished, especially in the startup world. You know, I talked about being agile and being willing to, uh, you know, wear many hats. You never know what one day to the next is going to be, but really take a step back if you can. Take a deep breath and be realistic about what you can accomplish and what you need to accomplish. That is one of my biggest Achilles heels is trying to accomplish too much too soon. I think we can apply that to all aspects of our lives. I think that's very good advice. Thank you, Lee. We've almost reached the end of our time today. It's flown by as ever. 30 minutes goes past very quickly. Before we go, what would be the best way for our listeners to reach out to you? There's going to be you know, many people considering moves at the moment. We're getting towards the Christmas period at time of recording. This will be going out sometime in January where people are considering new careers. What's the best way for candidates to reach out to you? And if there are other HR executives out there who are you know, considering making that move to a more of a startup business or more of a high-paced growth organization, would you be happy for them to reach out to you? And what would be the best way to do that? Absolutely. I love, of course, meeting new candidates. Anybody interested in the organization can reach out to me through email, can connect through LinkedIn, either of those two methods. And the same for uh, any of my HR peers who are interested in anything that I've talked about. One of the things that I enjoy so much is mentoring and leading. There's one young woman that I worked with in a company, real estate company, and it's been just such a pleasure to watch her learn and grow and see where she is in her career. And I I get a lot out of that. I really, really enjoy it. And as far as individuals who are interested in the amazingness that is happening at Oak Bridge, and wanting to know a little bit more about a best-in-class brokerage, always available to talk about that. Thank you so much, Lee. It's been a really great conversation, I think, for our listeners in particular to hear about Oak Bridge. I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard some good things out there in the market. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of buzz being created, but I think it's great to find out more and take a deep dive into the business. And it's been great for you to share that with us today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for all the advice and insights that you've given our listeners. Well, you're welcome, Nick. And thank you so much. I've enjoyed very much spending this time with you today. And as always, in all the conversations we've had. So I look forward to many more. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.